Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Damn, so we're back here. Uh, it's been a while. Been yeah. A few months. It's been a few months. I mean, it was summer. Took a little break. Yeah, when you had to. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so much going on. Um, but yeah, you know, we took a little, a couple months break. But like, literally right now, when there's like nothing else to do, we're uh, back at it. Yeah, summer in Michigan is, it's tough to stay inside and do yeah, I know, stuff. Exactly. So, so nice. we have to take advantage of it, because you're not going to get this year round. Yeah, oh yeah, it's about to be dreary, cold, snowy for the next three, four months. Dude, don't, don't let's not talk about that right now. <laughs> let's go back to the uh, main focus of our... Yeah, so <laughs> we are back with some mystery bros. Um, we're going to talk about one of... The biggest murder mysteries of all time, pretty yeah. much. Um, today, we're going to be talking about Jack the Ripper. Um, we'll go over his, the murders. The five, Supposedly. Yeah, yeah, the five canonical murders. And um, just the timeline. We'll go through the timeline. And then we'll go through some suspects. Which, actually, there's a decent amount of suspects. Um, yeah. As you probably know... He's. It's still a mystery. He was. No one never knows exactly who Jack the Ripper was. No one ever got convicted for it. Yeah. No one was ever convicted for it. Um, they think that some DNA evidence. Blah, blah blah. We'll get into that a little more. They think they have some new DNA evidence that proves stuff, but it, I don't think it really does. Well, we'll get into that. I think this was a big uh, mystery because the police commissioner and the uh, home secretary resigned, and that usually doesn't happen for murder. So, yeah, that was big news. And this is the first like real frenzy about it. Like this is the first time like a lot of English people were reading what's going on, like keeping track of this murder. Like, yeah, it was one of the first like public serial killers um, where like he was kind of playing like cat and mouse with the police. And there was, um, you know, letters being written and papers being written about it. In yes. the news, like articles in the news written about it, all that kind of stuff. This was one of the first times ever, I think, yes. that that's and, happened. And this is one, like, more English people were uh, able to read, so, like, that's why he created a new yeah, yeah. attraction it, it was, back then. Yeah, it, it was kind of, he was kind of one of the first, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's guys like the Zodiac and, like, other famous, like, murder mystery killers that got away. But I think Jack the Ripper is probably the biggest one just because yeah. he was the first. Because uh, this takes place all back in 1888. Yeah. Long time ago. Over, you know, almost 150 years ago now. We're going to cover the five canonical murders, which are the five, like, confirmed Jack the Ripper murders. Um, although... There's been 11 names that there's, have been. Yeah, there's... Some people claim that he may have killed up to 11 women. Um, I'm assuming there's just like some bodies that were found maybe around that time that they suspect maybe, but as far as ones that were, he wrote about and were kind of confirmed by him and by, you know, there's five that like overwhelming majority of people agree that it was him that did it. Yes. Yes. And those are called the five canonical murders. So we're going to talk about those. So the story begins in the East side of London in a neighborhood called Whitechapel not the greatest place to live a lot of prostitution a lot of crime um just not a good area yeah supposedly there was a big influx of like immigration and stuff at that time period to london because 
there were so many jobs there and stuff and east london just ended up kind of becoming more of like a ghetto yeah, area, yeah, yeah. pretty much so mary nichols um on august 31st 1888 she was found dead at 3 40 a.m while walking home um when the first guy discovered her it she was dead for about a half hour. And what they noticed is that her throat was severely slashed. And that came to kind of came the calling card for Jack the Ripper. But who knew it would spark such a frenzy? One thing that, that sort of became his, his calling card was the way he killed people. He was very, he liked to like, like we said, he like disemboweled them. Like he did a lot of fucked up shit to them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We'll definitely get into it, like, what they thought. But I think at first, when the first murder happened, they didn't have that much evidence. They don't know how, like, serious this was or if he just had a grudge against, if someone just had a grudge against this one woman. Yeah, the first murder, no one knew really what was going on. Yeah. Um, they just, it was just a murder yeah. at that point. And just over a week later, uh, September 8th, 1888, um, Annie Chapman was found uh, by John Davis on Hanbury Street. Her throat was also cut, um, and the murderer removed her womb. Yes, and this is when they thought uh, thought that this suspect now would have some had to have some medical knowledge to do. Yeah, these kind of this started to make them believe that he had anatomical knowledge. Um, just because of the way her womb was removed, it almost seemed like it was like a surgery, like it was done very precise and so they believed that this that the suspect had to have some sort of anatomical knowledge or possibly a doctor surgeon something like that um and then this also kind of they were like they linked this one to the first murder and they're like oh we may have a serial killer on our hands here some you know like someone who likes to yes slash throats kill prostitutes yeah slash throats disembowel remove organs that kind of stuff and then after that around september 25th or postmark september 25th the police received a letter and the in the letter it said dear boss i keep hearing police have caught me but they won't fix me just yet i have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track the joke about leather apron gave me real fits i am down on whores and i shan't quit ripping them till i do get buckled grant work the last job was I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love the work and I want to start again. You will soon hear from me with funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in the ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with, but it went with thick like glue and I can't use it. Red ink is fit enough. I hope. Ha ha. The next job I do shall slip the lady's ears off and send it to the police officer just to just for jolly. Wouldn't you keep this letter back till I do a bit more work, then give it out straight. My knife is so nice and sharp. I won't get to work right away. I want to get to work right away. If I get a chance, good luck. Yours truly Jack the Ripper. Wow. So that letter was sent September 25th. Um, it wasn't revealed to the public till later, right? It wasn't in the newspapers until later on. Yeah. But it was sent to the police September 25th after that second murder. Right. And it said, P.S. What good enough to post this before I got all the red ink off my hands? Curse it. No luck yet. They say I'm a doctor now. Ha ha. Oh. So that makes you think maybe he's not a doctor. 
Or just screwing, like, I don't know. You he's don't know obviously what he's messed up in the head. Maybe he is a doctor and he's trying to throw them off. I don't know. But I think that's one of the first instances of a serial killer writing into the police like the, and having that little cat and mouse game going on. Um, Pretty creepy. What would you think if you were a police officer yeah, and you got that? Actually, when reading through this, they... um. A first thought, like it's just another hoax. Only until oh. the next couple murders, they kind of gave some credence to it. its truth. Yeah, they thought that it was he was a trying hoax. to cut some ears off. Yeah, they thought it may be a hoax because there wasn't any like intimate details or anything yeah. in there. Um, but I think that later on, not they could never really confirm that any of these letters were from him. Right? Yeah, but except for I, I feel like. At one point, he sends a letter where it has some details that weren't. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into when, that. when that comes. Okay, so then on September 30th, 1888, um, Elizabeth Stride was found dead on Burner Street at 1 a.m. Her throat was slit, and that was it, um, which made them pot- believe that maybe the some the guy who found her may have like walked in on the murder almost right um, and so like maybe it was like caught like someone was getting close by and he's like oh shit yeah they think quick. that he may have had to escape quickly so because there wasn't any mutilation and um it also leads some people to think that this wasn't uh him, jack yeah, the ripper because it wasn't so gruesome yeah it wasn't there was no mutilation there was no disemboweling or removing of organs anything like that but then also on september 30th the exact same night 45 minutes later Catherine eddowes was found dead less than a mile away um just west pretty much of the uh, elizabeth stride murders her face was severely mutilated which is one thing where they think that he may have tried to remove the ears at that point yeah uh, but not, he didn't actually do that, but her face was completely mutilated. Um, her, her left kidney was removed and her womb was also removed. Yeah. This is some like, this great is a, surgical, like he knew what he was yeah, doing. Some precision there. It was very strange. Um, so it's like he had some sort of urge, you know what I mean? Right. Because I, he goes and kills Elizabeth and he obviously gets interrupted because he can only slit her throat. He can't, like, remove her organs. So he has to just go do that again the exact same night, 45 minutes Dude, later. That takes, shows some sort of sickness. It takes some balls, too, to do that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Just to but, do it, like, like not that far away. Yeah, it really and then, wasn't like, go that far detail away. Again. It was only, like, four blocks away. Dude, I wonder what it's like walking in that neighborhood at night. That must be a creepy area. Like oof. at that time. At that time, yeah. Yeah, I don't think people realize like how, just how dangerous it was to just be alive back in like the eighteen hundreds or so. You know. Another thing about the Catherine Eddowes, um, this is where they found one of the only pieces of evidence that they actually found during these murders on the crime scenes. Um, they found a piece of uh, her apron which was only about a block away from where her body was. But the interesting thing about this is, so he killed Elizabeth over on the east side of East London. And then he went and killed Catherine 
more to the west, and then they found the, the apron, apron close to the east, like closer to the first murder. So he actually murdered Elizabeth, then went and murdered Catherine and got hit what he wanted. He got to mutilate her, all that stuff, and then went back east towards the first murder, yeah. which kind of led people to believe that maybe he lived on the east side. Yes. Because he headed back that way. And like, why else would you go back in that direction of a place where you just murdered someone? The cops are all over the place. Like this was probably an hour, maybe an hour and a half after he murdered the first lady, Elizabeth. Yeah. After he murdered Elizabeth. So it's like the cops would all, there's cops around there. They know about the murder at that point. There's cops looking for you and you walk back in that direction. You know, that people think there's only one reason he would do that is because he lives in that direction. Right. So people speculate like he knew where the cops would be or he could just be a freak, dude. He could be a sick fuck and just wanted to walk right by the cops just for like shits and giggles. Yeah. You know, like he I mean, obviously he, enjoys the cat and mouse game with the cops where he's writing them letters, that kind of thing. So maybe he just wanted to feel that feel smart, walk right past them or something, you know? Right. Really interesting. That but, is, that's super interesting that he went headed back that direction. Yeah. I mean, that and they just like I don't know what he was thought wow. They also said near the the apron they found there was some like anti Semitic uh writing that was written like in chalk on there. I don't know if I if I think that was him or not. They the police say it might like they, they started they sort of thought that he did that. But Yeah. He yeah, I I don't know if that if I believe that that was necessarily him. Well, it doesn't really have anything. I guess it could just show that, okay, he's anti-Semitic. Yeah, it was just Narrows, like, narrows, I don't know. Apparently, <laughs> that was pretty, that wasn't that uncommon yeah. back then. There was a lot of anti-Semitism uh, in that time. So, it doesn't narrow that much down. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that's like the most famous night, basically, is where he, when he killed Elizabeth. And then 45 minutes later, a few blocks over, he kills uh, Catherine and then and, leaves that yeah. apron back where he like did the first. That's crazy. Right after the double murders, um, a postcard was sent to the police. Uh, it came to them on, on October 1st. And um, the postcard basically described what happened. Uh, he said that he was interrupted during the first murder and had to run quick, but he had to get. He had. He still had that feeling. He had that urge. They needed to do. Uh, he needed to kill someone, so he went and killed Catherine and disemboweled her and Insane. got his chance to do it. Um, and it, it described all this in pretty intimate detail. And this was before anyone had written about it in the papers or anything like that. So, and this one was also signed Jack the Ripper. So they, you know, that's pretty much one of the only like confirmed confirmed letters that they know for a fact came from Jack the Ripper because it described all those details of the murders before anyone knew anything about them. Um, so that was pretty interesting. Yeah. That's creepy. If it's like, I, it hasn't been confirmed. Like it supposedly was sent on uh, October 1st. And if it's, if that's true, I do believe then it was sent by Jack the Ripper that has not been confirmed, but that is very interesting. Yeah. The last one um, was on November 9th, 1888, and it was Mary Kelly. Um, she was actually laying in bed 
Um, how they found out about this, the landlord was uh, looking for her rent. Like, she didn't pay rent. Uh-huh. So they uh, went and looked for it. She was like the first person who actually like, cared that, w- that she was missing was the uh, landlord. <laughs> Ain't that true? <laughs> anyway, so they so she found her, and uh, this was very gruesome. Uh, she was skinned down, disemboweled. Like this was terrible. Um, the landlord said, "Quote: I work for this was not done by a man. This was done by a devil." Yeah. Yeah, that one was definitely the most gruesome, right? The yes. Mary, Mary Kelly. In her apartment, just in the bed. Mm-hmm. So this goes clear. So this, was a, this was like a month later. Yes. And in October, they actually, like, police did raids in the east side of London, and they found nothing. They came, they came, like, nothing came of that. So they were working hard trying to find something. Yeah. They just couldn't, huh? They found nothing. Yeah, no evidence. They like went to people's, like interviewed a bunch of people, went to people's houses. There's nothing. Yeah, I would have a buddy system at that point. Like there was also like it showed like not everybody took it too seriously. There was a letter from hell sent to the police, and in that was the appendix from the supposed uh, third victim. But then they found I was just a medical student, uh, a prank. Yeah. So something I'm reading now, like. This actually caused like riots in Whitechapel. Like people were really scared. You know, obviously when there's all these murders going on, um, the citizens of London were kind of panicked. And um, especially in Whitechapel, because that's like the area that this is all happening. In the newspapers, they said that it was widely believed that whoever was responsible carried knives in a black bag. I don't know why. That must have just been like a thing they thought back then. So uh, locals were were like started rioting and just attacking anyone who was carrying like a black bag. And that, <laughs> and that happened like a few times where like people got like beat up and, and like stuff like that because they were just carrying like a black bag and they thought they might be the ripper, this and that. Um, so it was causing a lot of, a lot of hysteria at the time. This was crazy. Um, Definitely. And eyewitnesses, like there's a couple eyewitnesses who's, who like said they saw the person, Say so look between uh twenty five to thirty five seven, um he wore a dark hat and like seemed perfectly normal. Apparently, there was multiple like psychic wit psychic mediums that were like trying to help the police and said they saw things this and that. And one of the psychic uh, mediums, who was actually living in New York City, sent a telegram to the police in London saying that he lived at Twenty Wirt Street in London. And um, that address actually didn't even exist. <laughs> but there were multiple like psychic witnesses or people, you know, like this case was big news. Obviously, someone all the way in New York was hearing about it. You know what I mean? So this is big news. Um, but after the Mary Kelly murders, it stopped. murder, it stopped after that. And nobody knows why. Nobody knows, you know, if. He just decided to stop if he was killed or he, you know, you would think that like someone who was doing this wouldn't just stop doing this. Just, you know what I mean? Unless he just wanted the attention. But if you wanted the attention, why wouldn't you just keep doing it? Because like he probably knows like eventually like. No, they don't think like that. You don't know. They don't think like that. If you seem perfectly normal. There were multiple suspects that the police looked into at the time. Um, some were not, not really looked into at the time, but like later on people 
suspected them, this and that. Um, but it's been narrowed down to around eight. Yes. Eight uh, official suspects. And one was on the, uh, the um, what's, what's it called, the crimes, like the three. They, they narrowed it down to three suspects that made it to the final list. Okay. Um, by the chief. So the first person we're going to talk about is Montague Johnson Dewitt, um, interesting guy. Uh, he was a barrister. His cousin was practicing medicine uh, in Whitechapel near where the murders were taking place. Um, his mother went insane, and he like written like stuff in his journal that he said like he was going insane. Um, he uh, the police commissioner like thinks like he knows that the family of this guy thinks that he did it. And um, they and his family described him as sexually insane. And after, like, he disappeared after the first murder, and four and and four weeks after the last murder, he was found dead in the Thames River. That's interesting. Did they? But he disappeared after the first murder, so they never actually got to question him or anything no. like that, right? Interesting. Again, there's not that much time to it. I guess it's speculation, but. The police chief certainly thought that he made the final three list. Okay. It's tougher back then, dude. Back in 1888, like, they didn't have any, like, DNA evidence, anything like, you know what I mean? They couldn't, they didn't know anything about any of that. So it's like, unless you find the knife in the guy's pocket, like, how are you going to be like, he was there at the time, you know? It's, in, it's, it's tough. Yeah. So then another suspect um, was Michael Ostrog. Uh, he was a Russian dude. <laughs> he was Russian. Uh, he was a doctor and a criminal. Interesting combination. Interesting combination of jobs. Um, uh, he had been in an asylum previous to the murders for homicidal tendencies, Ooh. which is interesting. He wasn't in an asylum during the murders, but he had been to an asylum previously. Um How'd you, how'd they release you? They're just like, all right, you're just so, normal enough. Yeah. And when he was um, questioned by the police, he couldn't really provide a strong alibi for his whereabouts during any of the murders. Um, but I guess, you know, the, like I said, there's no, they don't have DNA evidence or anything back then. So unless you catch the guy with the gun or <laughs> in the middle of a murder, like how are you going to prove anything? So he, there just wasn't enough evidence to convict him. Right. So, they let him go. And there's no, um, there's but, no but, evidence of him being a doctor. Oh, he said he was a doctor, right? Sorry. Yeah, he was, he was, uh, he was a doctor. Um, they, can they confirm? So he was there at the time. Can they confirm he was in, so he lived in London, right? Yes. But like he couldn't provide really any strong alibis for where he was at all during any of the murders, which is pretty interesting. He probably was like, I was alone in my room sleeping or, you know, that type of thing. And, um, yeah, he was one of the top suspects, but again, like th there wasn't enough evidence to convict him. So he was never convicted. Right. Um, and then the last suspect of the three was, uh, that the police chief thought was Aaron Kosminski. And now there's a lot of, there's like a big fuss going around that like, Oh, the evidence is actually true now, but he was at Poland. Uh, he was like he was Polish. Uh, he was a Polish descent um, resident of Whitechapel. He had a hatred towards uh, women and uh, prostitutes. He matched the description. A lot of people said that he he looked like the people that they were describing. So 
But that, and they saw him in the square that night. So he was around on the night of the double murders. So he was around the so he was around the when double murder. Yeah, yeah. So he was he was he was seen there at the double murder. So that ties him to it. And yeah. and then they like said with the cloth and everything. They said there's like some DNA evidence that like supposedly links him to being Jack the Ripper. Um, but then they said like on the on the first time when they sequenced it. It said like he might might have mistyped the button. It said it came out three point one four, which means like one in I don't know like two hundred thousand people matched his description. So it's easily him. But then they realized, wait, it could be three point one five, and which is which is ninety nine percent of uh, white Europeans have that <laughs> have that trait. Yeah. So you narrow it down to that to almost like no, it could be anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the only like. <laughs> apparently and it's not even confirmed but apparently somebody had like a cloth that belonged to elizabeth i think or, or one of the victims was it mary or was it i don't remember which victim but they said that they had a cloth that was on her when she was killed and then it, you know it was passed down to different people generations blah 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 and then someone's like this is the cloth and then they started testing it and then they started trying to fight, yeah. pain, you know, and so like, it's hard. It's, it's been said by many scientists that there's no chance that you'd ever be able to get anything from that. Just because it's been passed down to yeah, different and so people. many people have like touched it because so it was like the biggest step piece of evidence. So many people case. have touched yeah. it. It's, it's been in so many people's hands that there's no way to get like good DNA evidence off of something like this. But they tried to do that, and like you said, they sequenced something that they thought was like super rare, and then it turns out, oops, it was not that sequence. It was the other one, which is ninety nine percent of people. So it really came down to nothing. But um, there's been a few books written about this, and they all say it was the Aaron Kosminski because because of this. But you know, there's no way to prove anything. Well, I th- yeah. I, I mean, definitely. So that, I think that's like not the best piece of evidence for him. But I actually think I think it could be him. And I think a strong reason why it could be him because he was at that square that night like that. I think that ties him to that very well. And those, so those are the top three um, suspects that were like thought by the police at the time. Yeah. Um, but there's a few more. And to be honest, the one that I think did it is is one that we're going to talk about in a minute here. So one of the suspects, not necessarily an individual suspect, but there's a, a theory that a lot that some people subscribe to where they think that Jack the Ripper was actually a woman. Yeah, Jill the Ripper. <laughs> that's that's the name they gave her. Um, I don't really, I don't think so. This isn't something I agree with because it just doesn't make sense. Like why? I don't know, but they think that maybe like it was a woman and and she knew that the police would be looking for a man and like everyone would be thinking she was that a, a midwife, man was right? doing this. There's not any specific person. Um, no, she was a midwife, right? No, there because there's no specific person that they think. They just think it was a woman. And oh, right, and yeah. like they would think that like a woman could get away with possibly having blood on them walking around with blood on them because they had to like, you know, 
I don't know why actually. No, because because like no, it, she could have been a midwife that could describe how she would know like so much intimate details about the body and yeah. like no and and what gives credence to the theory is that like she she would easily slip away from the police walking back through to East London because no one would suspect exactly. Yeah, no one would her. suspect a woman. And if she was a midwife and she had blood on her, like no one would like be like, oh, I know what she's yeah. I just think that serial killers, especially the one the kind that are like writing letters to the cops and stuff, they don't want to be thought of as a different gender. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's kind of silly, but I guess it is a theory that uh, Jack the Ripper was possibly a woman. And because the, I think the reason that's a theory is because no She's, one was ever caught and they think that it would be a lot easier for a woman to get away with it than it would a man because no one was right. suspecting a and, woman. And there was like, and there was like a couple highly regarded suspects Oh, sorry, a couple highly uh, regarded um, inspectors who thought this claim as well. But again, there's like very little evidence. And we should also note, like everybody who said they like saw the Jack Ripper or like said description about him, they all said they saw this guy. So it's just a very interesting theory. Like, and like you said, the main point is that like she evaded police. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one theory. Um, but again, there's no evidence of, of that either. Um, and I mean, he wrote to the police and signed it like Jack the Ripper and all that stuff. So I don't know why. If the letters aren't true, if the letters were just like a hoax. I yeah, guess it maybe. Could be. Yeah, maybe. Um, but then another another suspect who, again, most people think this is kind of silly as well. But um, was Prince Albert Victor Christian Edward. <laughs> He has a lot of names. Um, and they think this because he was known to frequent areas where victims were found, meaning he liked prostitution. He liked the, uh, the prostitutes. Um, and to the point where at one point he contracted syphilis. And a lot of people thought that he was going insane because he contracted syphilis. Um, so they think maybe he went insane and started killing some of the prostitutes. Um and then the reason that it was never found or anything like that is because he was a prince and it, you know, they had to cover that up. It couldn't be found that a prince was doing this, like, especially because things weren't going great. You know, it could possibly cause some sort of riots or like uprising revolution type thing. If, right. if everyone found out that the prince was murdering prostitutes, like, you know what I mean? So it was covered up that way. Um, that's a theory, but again, I think that's more of just like someone thinking Sorry. way too hard about this and, and trying to, you know, draw connect the and, dots. Yeah, yeah, connect the dots that aren't really there. I mean, why would not you just send guards? Like, why would not you just be like guards? Like, take this woman off the street. Let's unless yeah. he was unless he was the one insane. If that's he's what, the that's one what they're saying. Is he he got oh, syphilis yeah. and went insane and so wanted if he's to the just one kill insane, people? I guess. I mean, I'm sure if any any high arky person wanting to get away with murder they can i'm sure stuff has been covered up all the time yeah but i highly doubt this ties and along with this along with this theory they say that um he may have gotten uh one of the prostitutes pregnant and um and then he had to he wanted that couldn't be like found out like no one could know that he went he got a prostitute pregnant so he had her murdered and everyone else that knew murdered. Um, and they try and ex like say like maybe the, one of the ones where they stole her womb 
where he took her womb was, was the one that was pregnant. And then the rest were people that knew about it. So they all had to be murdered. <laughs> interesting theory. I guess, you know, that's cool. That's that that. interesting. You, you connected the dots there. At least there were dots and you connected them. Um, but again, there's just no evidence at all that it was this Prince. And that's just kind of something people like to think, who knows, who knows it's possible. Yeah. It is interesting that the womb was taken on a couple of these women you know, maybe like, <laughs> I might have got a couple of them pregnant. <laughs> a little cut a little out right here. I feel like, I guess, if you're a prince, I, why would you, what would you be doing walking around that neighborhood at night, though, like by yourself? <laughs> that's the thing, you wanted to murder him. You wanted to murder him. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's also one of the suspects. It's definitely an interesting theory. Yeah. The next theory we got um, is uh, Walter Sickert, uh, a painter. And um, Patricia Cornwell is the one who really like put this theory forth. Uh, she's a crime author. Uh, she paid two million pounds for letters, documents, paintings. Damn, that's um, a lot every, of money. Uh, everything for, um, yeah, Patricia, uh, everything for Walter Sickert's stuff. She bought like all of his shit, basically yeah. all of his paintings and stuff. Yeah. And he went like full, like inspector mode. Like she like cut open paintings, looking for clues, like <laughs> what, she, what she found out. And this is not disputed is that he was obsessed with Jack the Ripper. Walter Sickert. Yeah. Okay. He would cosplay as, um, Walter Sickert uh, as, <laughs> as Jack the Ripper. That's interesting. Like, you don't, that's Weird. really for Halloween. So you don't really do that back then. Um, and she claimed that his alibi that he was in France doesn't really make sense. Cause at the time he was doing sketches of chapels in uh, London. Okay. Sketches of music halls in the London area. Okay. Okay. So the most damning piece of evidence are the letters um, Patricia, the author, sent the letters to be examined and um, sent the supposed uh, letters of Jack the Ripper. And what they found was that the handwriting matched pretty good. Um, but the most interesting part of it is, is the batch that Walter Sickard used um, in his writings at that time period um, came from the same batch that Jack the Ripper supposedly used to write the letters to the police if they're actually real. But the copies, there are only 24 copies of that batch out there. And... Both Walter and Jack were using the same paper. But yeah, so so their paper came from a a batch of only twenty four sheets, and they were both using that exact same batch, yeah. which is pretty interesting. That's very interesting. Again, the letters can't be confirmed as Jack, but that's the most that's the most credible evidence yeah. to support this claim. That's an interesting piece of evidence. That's an interesting piece of physical evidence. I think that's one of the most, in my opinion. Um, most of these are just theorized like theories and there's a lot of like anecdotal evidence and stuff, but this, that's one of the only like physical evidences I think that points towards anyone. Right. Right. Yeah. Which I think is pretty interesting. And then also some of the evidences he has a painting that, um, that is named a uh, Jack the Ripper's bedroom. And in that there's a woman like totally disembodied. And it looks similarly to the crime site scene that was seen there. Like it was image detail and the uh, fourth murder where the face was completely shredded. 
Um, he also made a painting of that eerily similar to the marks of the women. So that ties him to that. Like, ooh, maybe he had some knowledge. Maybe he was the one doing it. So he was either like a super freak and was just like obsessed with Jack the Ripper. Or yeah. he was Jack the he Ripper. He was, yeah. Wow. Weird guy either way. Yeah. Then, huh? And he was a he was like a painter. Yes. Wow. There are, um, the thing that kind of like damns him is like he has no medical like no medical experience at all. So nothing really ties no evidence ties him to the murders, only ties him to the letters. Okay. So suspect number seven um was Joseph Barnett. Now there's a lot of in my opinion, very strong, like anecdotal evidence, I think, that points towards Joseph Barnett. Um, he actually lived with Mary Kelly, Ooh. who was the last victim. That's interesting. Um, yeah, he's one of the only people in any of the suspects who had any sort of relation to any of these women or knew any of them. Um, he, it, was, it was known that he had lived in multiple different places in London uh, specifically East London too, um, which gave him a intimate knowledge of the area and like back roads, uh, routes to take that kind of thing. Um, so he might, he would be able to elude police. Um, he was also kind of, he was be- believed to have been in love with Mary Kelly. Mm. Most people who knew them said 100%. Um, he referred to her as his wife multiple times when she definitely wasn't they weren't married at all um uh, yeah that is kind of strange he was trying to brag like yeah yeah yes and so where the the anecdotal evidence starts to come in is he he was in love with her um he lived with her for a little bit towards um towards the end of the murders um he did not like the fact that she was a prostitute because obviously he was in love with her um he when they were living together the whole time and he was like it was like his mission to like make enough money to be able to pay the rent for them so that she wouldn't have to be on the streets and wouldn't have to be a prostitute um and some people the theory is that some people believe he committed the first few murders to try and scare her uh to like scare her off the streets because it did (laughs) it scared her off the streets and she actually wasn't um, working as a prostitute after the first couple of murders, she stopped and wasn't working for a prostitute as a prostitute for a while, um, for, you know, a month or two. And then, wait, it can't be that long. Cause it was well, only- yeah, it was about a month. Um, and then, so yeah, she wasn't a prostitute for about a month during that time because she was scared to, and he was making money and then he lost his job which made her returned to prostitution and that's supposedly caused them to fight a lot. They were getting in a lot of fights. Um, they got into a fight pretty much. I think it was 10 days before uh, she was murdered. They were, they got into a huge fight to the point where neighbors said that windows were broken. Um, and then Barnett moved out the next day and then 10 days later mary was murdered um so that's you know very interesting timeline there yeah. um 
he would he would have had knowledge of how to get in and out of the apartment since he lived there. Um, he also would have had knowledge of Mary's schedule because as if you remember, she was murdered in her sleep to the point where her, her clothes were like folded neatly next to her bed. So she obviously was like, it wasn't like they took her clothes off or anything like that. She just was asleep when she was murdered. Um, he was actually taken by the police and questioned for four hours after Mary's murder. Um, but he was set free because I guess they didn't have any evidence. Um, and like I said, he would have had knowledge of how to get in and there was no, or no signs of forced entry into the yeah. apartment. And then also like a newspaper at the time was doing like their own, like investigating. And they found out that like his friends referred to him as Jack. That's and very interesting. Very interesting. He also matches the description perfectly for Jack the Ripper. Same height, same complexion, wore a hat a lot. Um, and then it also is just kind of interesting that after the murder of Mary, everything was done. No more murders happened after that. And since this guy is very deeply connected with Mary and they think she may have been the motivation for a lot of this, it makes sense that he would stop after she's dead. Right. I definitely think, I mean, that's such a compelling evidence. Like it really ties into the last murder really well how he got into like he knew he knows exactly where the apartment is he can you can easily find a way in like that it's not a hard issue if you know your layout the only thing i have the issue with in believing this is like would you really go out and kill four women just to, like scare the woman you love off the street i mean i guess if you were that in love you try to do everything for a woman but i think that's like just i don't know just a little too far just to go kill four other people just to scare that one, because you're risking your life. That's the only thing I have a little issue with. But it makes sense that, like, after the fifth, the la- after she was dead, that he would stop. There is definitely very strong evidence um, for him to be linked to be him to be Jack the Ripper. I mean, there's some compelling evidence there, and it, it really ties him the most to the last case. But that is some very compelling evidence. Everything just kind of makes sense. Like, you know, how he did the first murders to try and scare her off the streets, which actually did do that. And then there was a big gap in between the first, like, four and the last one, which is when she was off the streets. And then she had to go back onto the streets. They started fighting. Everyone knew it. He moves out 10 days later, she's dead, murdered, like the most mutilated, the most fucked up murder of all of them. And it was done by someone who knew how to get into her apartment, knew when she would be asleep in her bed. Right. And then all the murders just stop after that. I think there's no, it's just very, very compelling anecdotal evidence. He had no doctor experience, right? Or anything. No, I don't think so. no. No, I don't think he had any medical Okay. Uh, knowledge. Uh, another suspect is uh, James Maubrick. Um, he was a cotton merchant um, from Liverpool, which you'd think was a damning, like was pretty damning evidence because Liverpool is pretty far from London. If you yeah. know your uh, England geography and 
but it's worth noting like these murders were done on the weekends so he could have like and you know he was wealthy so he could have easily uh traveled on the weekends to london that's not hard to believe um and done these murders because you know maybe he was bored on the weekends too you don't know and <laughs> um but which is pretty what is helps his case is he's not local right so like he would be a hard suspect to think of because he's not from that area, um, which is some good evidence for him. Um, he's not doing it in his own backyard. He's doing it like somewhere far away. Um, I think what the most. And he's he's rich, so he would have he would have the ability to do that. Whereas most right. people won't. Most people wouldn't. But then again, he's rich. So like, wow, do you want to be murdering people? But maybe he's just messed up in the head. That's what he likes to do on the weekends. Yeah. It's his hobby. Um, so what kind of ties him to this is that apparently in his estate under a floorboard, um, there was a diary in the diary. Um, it says that it was signed by Jack the Ripper and it, and it kept saying that him, it's him, Jack the Ripper in the diary, but it never gives him his name that it was how it's James Maybrick. Like it never said like he's he's specifically the one in the diary, but like all his habits and stuff are contained in the diary. The only damning thing to that evidence is that the guy who like gave it forward, like kind of recanted it, saying like no, it's all made up, and then like said again, no, it's not. I just was going through a messy divorce, so it's actually true. Uh, this diary is from him. There's also apparently a pocket watch as well. Um, that has initials of the five people that he murdered and then his initials and, and it's written Jack the Ripper and in the engravings, like people have examined the watch and it says it looks from very old and from that time period, the scratches could have been made from him and the ink in the diary that was written was used at that time period. So that kind of gives some credence to it, but like you have to believe this guy's story. What is it? Isn't the silliness when it comes down to how he got the the diary? Yes, that's the problem. No one he claims that it was just passed down or he found it, right? He, he found it on the floorboard, then he claimed someone gave it to him and, and then he claimed he, it was passed down. And then he said it was a hoax. Yeah, and at then one point <laughs> he claimed it was fake and then he recanted that, right? And said so he was going through a messy divorce and want the attention. Yeah, so you know, Take that with a little grain of salt, the whole diary thing. So the very last suspect. Um, now, this one kind of started to come came about pretty recently. Um, there is another very famous American serial killer who was murdering people at that time. Around the exact same time, his name is H.H. H. Holmes. Um, he lived in Chicago. Um, we won't talk too much about him, but he was also a serial killer at that time. He did some crazy stuff. He was, he had medical knowledge and he kind of was very similar to Jack the Ripper. As far as like psyche, he was into disemboweling people and, um, you know, doing a lot of weird shit to their bodies, like cutting things out removing organs, that kind of thing. He, he was into that. Um, they also believe that in those, in those couple months when the Jack the Ripper murders were occurring, there were no murders from HH H. Holmes here in America and a lot. And 
they think that that he may have been in London at that time. He had traveled back and forth from America to London. Um, he was known to do that, and they think he may have been in London at the time. Um, this is really all coming from his great great grandson. Uh, something. It, it, his great great grandson found out that like he was the descendant of H.H. H. Holmes and was like started to look into it and do a lot of research. And he's the one who claims that H.H. H. Holmes may have also been Jack the Ripper. Or he just because wants of attention. all these things. Yeah, I mean, he probably just wants some attention, but um, but he has claimed that. And there are some similarities between the murders. Um, there's some interesting like things they can't explain about time periods, time frames of him being in London that type of thing. And um, H.H. Holmes was actually a very prolific serial killer. Like he murdered a lot of people, um, mainly in America. That's all that we know of confirmed, but he murdered a lot of people. He actually had a murder castle that he built and would have, and it had all these like trap doors and like ways for him to come and like kidnap people in their rooms and like, start murder them and all that kind of stuff. And then places to like dump the body down and like burn bodies, that kind of stuff. He was a very crazy serial killer, but it was all back at this, at that time. Um, he was supposedly killed in 1896. He was hung for the murders. Um, but yeah, they've, people have posited that he, well, not people, his grandson, his great, great grandson has posited that he was also Jack the Ripper. And the reason he was never caught is because he came back to America. Again, no evidence, but there's really no evidence at all in it for anyone in this case. No physical evidence. Right. I mean, I guess he just did like a nice little trip down to London for a good three months and then come back. He was known to do that. You know, so it's, it's possible. He was a huge con artist. If you're interested in like, uh, you know, murder mysteries, that kind of stuff, H.H. H. Holmes is a pretty interesting uh, thing to look into. He's a, he was a very interesting serial killer, American serial killer back in the day, a long time ago. But, um, we're, you know, we're an American podcast. We got to take some credit for this, dude. <laughs> America's got to take credit for everything. We were Jack the Ripper, okay? But, um, it's just, it's fascinating that. This has never been solved, you know, even with all the stuff that we have today. But I think that it's obvious back before, like, 1930, it's pretty easy to get away with murder, I think. Right. I think even before, like, 1960. Wasn't, like, the 60s when they started getting, like, DNA evidence, that kind of stuff. Before that, before they had DNA evidence, before they had, like, everyone had cameras, before, you know, there was any, like, pictures being taken of publicly like anything like that like probably pretty easy to get away with murder surprised there wasn't a lot more people murdered there probably was but yeah so um i think he's, it's just a fascinating case I and mean, it's one of the first cases one of the biggest mysteries definitely sparked a lot of fear in yeah. londoners yeah, absolutely. Who do you think? If you had to, if you had to say so, it was one of the suspects, who would it be? I would definitely think it was maybe the third suspect, the Polish one. Yeah. Even though like a lot of it's discredited, but I think it definitely could still be. I think him being seen by a lot of the people at the square that night gives some credence to that. I I could definitely see maybe even the sixth one, but like the little like the painting, the painter. Oh yeah. Maybe, and then 
the seventh, the seventh one, the one uh, that new Mary, Mary, yeah, new Mary Keller, um, Kelly, Kelly, sorry, new Mary Kelly. Um, that one also, I think that one has a good strong case. And if it's true, if the guy like I have a hard time believing the guy who put forth the uh, evidence of the notebook, but if that's true, I mean, there's some interesting things there, so I can maybe see it. It's definitely fascinating. I wouldn't rule it out, but I just don't believe him at this point. So I think it's between those three in it. Okay. How about you? I think it's it's between Barnett, the seventh guy, the one that I talked about, who knew Mary Kelly and like, you know, lived with her and was in love with her and that kind of thing. I think it's between him or the painter guy, the Sickert, uh, Aaron Sickert, right? Or something Sickert. Yeah. Um, just because there's a lot of interesting things about him too. I mean, he was obsessed with Jack the Ripper. He painted those paintings that actually were pretty accurate to what it, it really looked like apparently. Um, and then he was just like obsessed with him. And the fact that he lied about being in France when the murders happened, that's just interesting to me. So yeah, it's between those two. I think the rest of them, I don't know. I mean, I think, it could be, it could be any of the ones we've said, or it could be none of the ones we said. But I think those have the strongest cases. Yes. Yeah, I think it's yeah it's between Sickert and Barnett. Um, but you know, like most mystery bros, we'll never know. <laughs> it will remain a mystery. I'm sure. I don't think that it'll ever get solved because there's no evidence that we still have. Unless in the future we just invent time machines and like we just go, all right, hey, do you want to travel back? In yeah, time. like, do you want to know who Jack Ripper murderer was? Let's go see. <laughs> Next week on Mystery Bros, we'll be talking about time travel. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but yeah, it's it's just a pretty interesting case, especially for people that are into murder mysteries, that kind of thing. Um, I think that's about all. But yeah, from Jack the Ripper. Um. I don't think we have anything necessarily planned for our next episode. We'll leave you hanging on this one. Join our Facebook group. Yes, jo- yes, we just created a Facebook group. Facebook page. Facebook page. Uh, for Mystery Bros, check us out. Follow us, like us. Check us out on there. You know, if you enjoy the podcast, let people know. We're just going to keep talking about all kinds of different mysteries and what interests us. Yes. And uh, what we enjoy. So, we're going to eventually cover all of them, but. Yeah, we'll get to them all eventually. There's a lot of mysteries out there. But, um, yeah, so thank you guys for listening to this episode of Mystery Bros. And uh, peace out. Hi. Mystery Bros. Mystery Bros. Mystery Bros. Mystery Bros. Mystery Bros.